Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you may be listening to us at. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Today, I'd like to start things off by first congratulating Patrick Mahomes and his fiancée, Brittany Matthews, as she went into labor Saturday night and gave birth to a baby girl. Congrats to both of them. But to start our topics off, our main topics off, we have to start with the Cam Newton uh, viral video that showed him getting into an altercation with a teenage football player at a camp who was heckling Cam. Now, if you haven't seen the video, I suggest you pausing the podcast, go watch the video, and then come back and listen. Uh, I'm just going to put it straightforward. So Cam Newton is going to this camp. He sponsored a team for the seven on seven for the seven on seven league tournament. Now, in these seven on seven league tournaments, these coaches, these former players or current players, if they are still playing and sponsoring a team, they are here to help these teenage kids to try and better them, to give them their knowledge. And this young teenage boy, which I believe he's 16 years old, and I, I am going to say boy because what he did was very foolish, uh, he, he started heckling Cam Newton, which is really uncalled for. Cam is a former NFL MVP. Brought the Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl. Granted, they did not win, but he got them there. He is there to help you, to help better you as a player. And you decide to heckle him and tell him he's a free agent and that he's going to be poor and broke. Cam Newton has made over $100 million in his, just in his NFL career, not including sponsorships. I'm sure he's made even more. So I don't think he's going to be broke. Just personal opinion, I think any fan would agree with me on this. But he is there to help you. Don't... I, I'm not sure if this 100% fits, but don't bite the hand that feeds you. I mean, he is feeding you knowledge and information on how to be a better player. I believe this kid's a linebacker. If you know what to do, what the quarterback's thinking, that is a huge, huge benefit for you. And he can tell you what quarterbacks are thinking. But you want to downgrade him you want to downgrade a former nfl mvp a player who yes is a free agent but that's not his fault i'm not going to blame cam newton for the new england patriots new england patriots failures this past season because there were not any weapons on that offensive side cam newton is going to go somewhere and probably going to have to sign for a very cheap deal. And I'm sure he's going to end up starting 
at some point, if not right in the beginning of the season, and he's going to thrive because Cam Newton has played his heart out. He has played relatively well. Yes, last this past year wasn't great, but then again, no one will have really succeed with the Patriots. There's a reason Tom Brady left. It's because he didn't see an opportunity to win a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Now, Cam Newton is not Tom Brady knowledge. He is not Tom Brady in general. Why does anyone think that Cam Newton should have gotten them to even the playoffs with how bad that team is? That is my genuine question. And I mean, I was always told as a young kid, or as a kid, and even now by my both my parents, that you should never do anything to disgrace your family name. And this definitely puts a blemish, leaves a blemish on his family name. Because in 20 years, especially if Cam Newton, say, bounces back, becomes a Hall of Famer, or just becomes a very talented quarterback and is like maybe considered a borderline Hall of Famer or something, this kid will be remembered. And someone will ask him, like, hey, aren't you that kid who heckled uh, Cam Newton? And it's not a good image to have, especially since a lot of people now know his name. I'm not going to say his name because... You know, he is a kid. I don't want to make that more public. But for anyone who, say, dislikes a player or dislikes someone in the media, don't, don't, like, voice your opinion to them. Don't try and push them down because at the end of the day, you might push them down, like, a little bit, but there's a better chance that you are going to be pushed down a lot farther, especially if it's recorded and it's just not a good look. I would definitely shy away from doing that. When we return, we will be talking about Carson Wentz and how him and Doug Peterson had not talked that much last season. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, it had been reported on Friday that by Am Scheffner of ESPN that Carson Wentz and former head coach Doug Peterson of the Philadelphia Eagles were not doing much talking this past season. Now, my major question is, For the whole coaching staff, not just Doug Peterson, but how does your head coach not talk to the quarterback? The quarterback is the most important position in all of sports, hands down. And you weren't talking to to your quarterback? And, And the reason why I said the whole coaching staff is... Why did someone not tell this head coach, you need to talk to him? 
You need to get in contact with them. You need to force a conversation. You need to like hatch this out. You need to get through this because we're trying to win this season. We're trying to make it to the playoffs and hopefully make a run at a Super Bowl. And that's that's the question I have actually is how don't you try and work through this? You know, Doug Peterson. I'm sorry. I know you wanted to start Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is not better than Carson Wentz. He's he's just not. The fact that Carson Wentz played the entire season behind a poor offensive line, was sacked the most out of any quarterback in the NFL, and still managed to play okay. Yes, it wasn't good. It wasn't even, I won't even say it was solid, but it was okay. Just shows that, like, if you guys would have worked that out, he would have probably been playing more like Jalen Hurts. He would have played better than Jalen Hurts. Because he has the better knowledge of the system. He has the better knowledge of how to attack NFL defenses. The better there would be a better quality of game play on that field week in and week out. But I just can't get over that. I mean imagine if Bill Belichick and Tom Brady stopped talking halfway through the season and just didn't talk for the rest of the season. Do you think that they would win? 10 games in a season? I don't think they would. You need... Like, if you have a good quarterback and a good head coach, you can do a lot of things in the NFL. You can do a lot of good things in the NFL. Make the playoffs, make runs at the Super Bowl, maybe win a Super Bowl. And, I mean, we know Carson Wentz is good. This past season, yes, it was not good play on his part. But... You can partially blame this to not talking to the coach who is supposed to lead 53 men, including Carson Wentz. But I just am in a loss of words. I don't have words to say about this situation. Carson Wentz, I think, was kind of in the same situation as Deshaun Watson. I think he was kind of robbed a season now it isn't just Doug Peterson's uh fault though because Carson Wentz is a little sensitive he was hurt by the fact that they drafted Jalen Hurts get over it if you want to show them that they made the mistake of drafting Jalen Hurts you gotta prove to them you have to step up and ball out which clearly he didn't do which I'm not going to put all the blame on him because it takes two to tango. And quite frankly, that offense is garbage. The online's garbage. The wide receivers are garbage. Miles Sanders is a bright spot, but even him, he's not that great. I'm just, I'm just shocked. How can you, like, how can you turn your back on your former first-round 
quarterback who, quite frankly, has been a main reason why the Philadelphia Eagles have succeeded over the years. I mean, examples. 2017, he was playing at an MVP level. If he did not get injured, he would have won the MVP. Now the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl, and I think that will be a blemish more than a blessing for Carson Wentz throughout his career because the question was raised, oh, would Nick Foles have been the better quarterback of for the Eagles these past couple seasons? Which, no, not a chance. 2018, he played pretty solid. He had, I it was 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, 2019, he's the reason the Eagles got to the playoffs. The Eagles were a very average team as a whole. And he was the one thing that got them to the playoffs. Now, when he got into the playoffs, it sucked because Jadavian Clowney cheap shot at him and he was taken out of the game, which, who knows? If he doesn't get cheap shot by Jadavion Clowney, maybe he beats the CLC Hawks. Maybe they advance. And then 2020, his worst season as a pro, where he was not talking with the head coach for 10 weeks, possibly 10 weeks. Let me, let me just tell you guys some stats here. In 2017, his MVP caliber year, he had only seven interceptions. He threw a hunt. His uh, passer rating was 101.9. 2018, he threw 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions. His passer rating was 102.2. So his passer rating was better in 2018 than 2017. 2019, he had 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 93.1 passer rating. So his passer rating did drop. It did take a drop. Now, 2020 was his worst year, of course. 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 72.8 passer rating. I'm pretty sure that last I mean last time I checked has there been a top 5 you know wide receiver in Philadelphia in the past mm, 5 years no I mean unless you're going to consider Alshon Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson any time during these past 5 years as a top 5 receiver and by the way, both of them have been injured. Along with that, you had Nelson Aguilar. Sorry, I struggled with his last name for a second. Nelson Aguilar, who couldn't catch a ball in Philly, goes to Oakland, or sorry, Las Vegas, and becomes a very solid wide receiver. Who knows? He might. He's a free agent this year. Maybe he'll go back to Philly. I doubt it, but perhaps. And you're going to blame him? Really? I mean, 27, 2018, 2019, he only threw seven interceptions each year. That's pretty good. In fact, 
it, it's like teetering on good and great. I mean, ju just for a reference, let's check out Deshaun Watson's stats. Let's see here. Career stats. Okay, so Deshaun Watson's career stats. His stats show that in 2017, his rookie year, he he played in seven games, started six, he had 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. 2018, he had 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions. 2019, he had 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. In 2020, his best season by far, statistically, was 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Now, the difference is, during the span of time between 2017 to 2020, Deshaun Watson has been healthier than Carson Wentz. I mean, minus the his rookie year where he got injured, He's been a healthy quarterback. 2018, he played in, he played all 16 games. 2019, he only missed one game. And 2020, he missed 16. Or, no, he didn't miss 16. Sorry, he played in all 16 games. Compared to Carson Wentz, who, in 2017, he missed three games. 2018, he missed five games. 2019, he played all 16. And then 2020, he missed four games. But that just means that there's more left on the bone for Carson Wentz. Imagine if Frank Reich is able to keep Carson Wentz healthy. Carson Wentz is going to light up the stat sheet. He's going to probably be throwing for 33 touchdowns or more, just like Deshaun Watson. And especially with him going to... Indianapolis, where they have Pittman at wide receiver, who, by the way, is not giving up his number 11, which I think is awesome. I think it'll be kind of a learning moment for Carson Wentz that you don't get everything that you want in life. And, you know, they, they might re-sign T.Y. Hilton. Otherwise, they're going to have to go sign some free agents or... They're going to draft some players. Either way, he's going to have some wide receiver talent around him, along with two great running backs in the backfield. So he has the opportunity to become a top-five quarterback this next year. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, because you got to think, Indianapolis took Phillip Rivers, who... Quite frankly, his final year in uh, or with the Chargers was horrendous. Just absolutely awful. Uh, and took him and made him into a playoff caliber quarterback. Now, yes, there were games where he held them back. But he still was a playoff caliber quarterback. I mean, 2019 with the Chargers, Phillip Rivers... Had, what was it, 20? Yeah, 20 interceptions. 20 tu 23 touchdowns to 20 interceptions. In 20, or two th this past season, 2020, 
Phillip Rivers had 24 touchdowns and only 11 interceptions. Imagine what Frank Reich and that offense is going to look like with Carson Wentz, who has the capability to put up 33 touchdown seasons. When I say the Colts could be Super Bowl contenders next year, that is not an underestimate. They could easily be a top five team heading into this next season. Anyway, I am going to go on a limb. I am. And I'm going to say that Carson Wentz next season will be a top five quarterback. If he's not top five, he will be borderline. If he's healthy, I'm going to go on that limb. If he is healthy, he will be considered a top five quarterback in the league next year. Because we've seen what he can do. 2017, 2018, and 2019. Granted, 2018, the Eagles did not have a good season. He was also injured that season. He has the capability to play lights out now with the coach that helped build that 2017 Eagles offense. And I believe Carson Wentz and Frank Reich probably had a talk before this trade happened. I mean, I'm not saying that Frank Reich had tampered in any way. I'm sure he had made it clear with the Philadelphia Eagles that he would not do the trade if he did not first get to speak to Carson Wentz and get his side of the story. And I'm sure that happened and that Frank Reich had come to the conclusion that Carson Wentz is not the the majority of the blame for what happened, does not deserve the majority of the blame for what happened during the 2020 season with the Philadelphia Eagles. He will undoubtedly believe that there's some things that Carson Wentz needs to change, but I do not believe he would have signed or traded for Carson Wentz without knowing that side of the story and just hearing it in his own words because you can tell when people are lying just by how they are talking or how they're speaking like I said, how they're talking and how they describe things. And, you know, I, I think that Carson once has the opportunity to be a top five quarterback. Like, I've, like I said, I'm going to go out on that limb saying that Carson once is healthy this next season. He will be a top five quarterback. And, you know, it, it'll, it'll, show, it'll show on the field. I mean, when you take a look at what Frank Reich did with Phillip Rivers, where Phillip Rivers had 23 touchdowns and 20 interceptions with the Chargers and then brought him to the Colts, where he had 24 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, if I recall, I'm going to get that 100% straight, 20... Four touch, yep, 24 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And he now gets Carson Wentz, who is a better quarterback than Phillip Rivers at this point in both their careers. 
Granted, Philip Rivers is retiring, so his career is done. But, and if he can keep Carson Wentz healthy, watch out. Indianapolis is going to be dangerous next year. And that's why I'm, I'm totally confident and totally comfortable saying that if Carson Wentz is healthy the entire 2021 season, he will be considered a top five quarterback, if not top five, borderline top five. But when we return, we will talk about Devonta Smith and his and the question that was proposed to him or asked to him this past week on Tua Tonga and Mac Jones. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Just yesterday, Devontae Smith was asked by a team point blank, by an NFL team point blank, Tua Tonga or Mac Jones? Now, this question had, was barely finished before Devontae Smith answered with Mac Jones. And the question was raised should the Dolphins be worried because of what Devontae Smith said? And quite frankly, let me just talk about the benefits before I tell you what I personally believe. The benefits of Devontae Smith saying Mac Jones. Mac Jones is projected to be a second to possibly early third round pick. Tua Tonga-Vailoa has already been drafted. He's in the league. He was a top 10 pick. If he says Mac Jones is worse than Tua, then that's hurting his teammate. That's hurting his friend. And it drops Mac Jones' stock possibly down in the draft boards. Now... It doesn't help Tua if he ends up getting traded, but at this point, I would say this means nothing because, yes, Tua is was his teammate, and yes, Mac Jones was his quarterback last year, but it it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt. Tua at all. The Dolphins know who they have in Tua Tonga Vailoa. They know if he's going to possibly be a good starter in the league or if he may end up being a bust. They they know by now. They've seen enough of him in practice. They I'm sure they've come to their conclusion or are prepared to think, hey, he could work really well this season and become a fantastic quarterback or if he doesn't work hard this season or this offseason he's going to need to be out the door and you know the it, it hurts the dolphins because if they are considering training for Houston's uh Deshaun Watson it makes it harder for them to make that trade, which also does help Tua because I'm sure Tua doesn't want to leave Miami. So it it does help Tua by him saying 
uh, that Mac Jones is better. And it also helps Mac Jones. Maybe Mac Jones now becomes a late first round pick to a early second round pick just because of what Devontae Smith said. Because, I mean, hell, if you're going to take Tua Tonga-Vailoa in a top 10 pick and there's a better quarterback the next year who played on the same team, shouldn't he be even higher than Tua then? A higher pick? Now, clearly we know that's not going to happen, but maybe he is an, a late first round pick. It just helps Mac Jones. It helps his 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 teammate. And, you know, the, the only person I believe this hurts, or the only team, is Miami. Because if Miami was going to trade for Deshaun Watson, there is not a chance that Houston's going to take that risk and say, hey, yeah, we'll take... You know, Tua Tonga-Vailoa and two first-round picks or maybe three first-round picks, they're going to want more now because this came out. And, you know, if what they could do is they could go and draft Mac Jones in the second round if they really want to or the third round possibly. And they'd be able to say, listen, we may have gotten rid of Deshaun Watson because I'm sure that they still will, even though they have been saying they won't. They're going to have to trade him. They'll be able to draft me, Mac Jones, and say, listen, we didn't trade to Miami, but now we got the better quarterback that we would have gotten from Miami. We got Mac Jones, and hit teammate has said that Mac Jones is better. So it does benefit Mac Jones in the end. And yes, some people are going to look at this and say, Tua is not as good as his successor at Alabama in Mac Jones, but Tua knows who he is. Like I've said, he knows what he can do, and it's time to step up this next season. It's time for him to go make some plays and prove everyone wrong, including Devonte Smith, just to show that, hey, I am the better quarterback. And quite frankly, I think he's capable of doing it, and I think he will do it next season. Now shifting light on another topic, which is the NFL has been asking networks to pay double to broadcast their games in the contract talks. Now, why this is significant is this definitely helps with salary cap uh, heading into the future years and everything. Uh, from what I understand, Fox, CBS, and NBC are likely to accept the increase while Disney, who owns M- or ESPN and ABC, have reportedly rejected 100, the 100% markup for the new TV contract. And, you know, this is significant because it, it helps the players. It helps player contracts. The more money the NFL can get from broadcast deals, the more money these players are going to get. And, you know, it it's a hard sell for the NFL since the ratings were down, uh, in part due to the kneeling during the national anthem. And then another large part to this is the fact that people are kind of upset in places like, you know, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, that 
their taxpaying dollars went towards a new stadium because they feel like they shouldn't have had to pay for that. And I understand where they're coming from. Like, it, it kind of seems... It's almost... I'm trying to think of the word here. It's just not right that, like, a billion-dollar company should come into a new area and say, you're going to build my facility. You, the people of where wherever you're from are going to build the new facilities and i understand why some people are upset over that but quite frankly i think this isn't that bad of a deal let's be honest that every everyone likes watching football everyone likes watching sports people will gladly go spend three, four, five hundred dollars on a seat at a stadium. And I mean not a lot of people were able to go to football games and sporting events this past season because of COVID. Which it football and sports are always gonna be in a high demand. So I think eventually Disney will fold and say that they will do the one hundred percent markup. Because it will benefit them. It'll turn, it'll bring people to watch games on ESPN. Even though the ESPN broadcast hasn't been that great over the years. I'm actually shocked a little bit about that. That they would decline it. Just because how poorly it, their, their broadcasts have been perceived on Monday Night Football. So that's that's a little bit shocking. But but I get it from Disney's standpoint. Like it's hard to justify doing a 100% markup on something when like the NFL when the ratings had dropped this past year, it could be like I said from the kneeling, it could be from the stadiums or it could be from the former president talking about the kneeling and kind of villainizing the NFL, which, quite frankly, we all know that the former president did want to be an NFL owner at one point in his, in his life, and kind of the, the other billionaire brothers of his uh, pretty much said, no, you're not, you're not allowed in our our elite group and I know that that offended him and like upset him and he you owned a USFL team and that was that was about as close he got to pro football and I know that he probably feels a little shot well not shot like trying to think of the word here a little bit knocked for that a little upset and I know that he is very much so against the players kneeling and how the games have been officiated but if that's the reason then you can expect that the NFL will be getting viewers back because he doesn't have social media platforms to go to 
you know, rant and rave about, rant about the NFL and their policies, their players, because during this, or after this past election, all of his stuff got shut down. He's not on Twitter. He's not on Instagram. He's not on Facebook. He's not on, like, I don't even think he's on Google or anything, like any Google social media platforms. So, I understand where Disney's coming from, being the billion-dollar company that they are, but if viewership does rise back up these next couple of years, which is believed that it will, then Disney can expect that they would be making more money, which would have justified a 100% markup that the NFL was requesting. So I get from both sides, but I think that Disney probably will end up eventually saying, you know what, this 100% markup is good. We'll, we'll do this. Because in the long run, Disney's going to make a lot of money, especially with how innovative the NFL is and how everything changes every year. There's going to be money to be made. So I, I believe that they eventually will agree to those terms. On some other news, we have to talk a little bit about Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. They, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers cleared up a lot of cap space. And because of this, Teddy Bridgewater has now unfollowed them from social media platforms. And it's because Carol, it's believed that Carolina, that the Carolina Panthers will make a run at Deshaun Watson. And I understand Teddy Bridgewater's, like, why he's upset. You know, he was brought in last year believing that he was going to be the quarterback of this team of the future, that he'd be able to build something here. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he will even admit he is not on the same level as Deshaun Watson. You know, there were many games last year that Tay Bridgewater was the reason why the Carolina Panthers didn't win some games. He couldn't make a certain play. Now, if Deshaun Watson was in that same situation, he would have made those plays. And maybe they win a couple more games. So, I understand it, but, you know, this could all blow back up in the Panthers' face. Because if the Panthers don't end up getting Deshaun Watson, which they almost have to now, because now that Teddy Bridgewater has unfollowed them from all social media platforms, you know, it's clearly showing that he is upset about this. He's upset about all this trade talk. He thought he was going to be the franchise quarterback. And, you know, if... The Texans, or if the uh, Panthers don't get Deshaun Watson, then Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to be their quarterback next season. And is he really going to want to go out and play his heart out for a team that doesn't value him? All these players want to be valued. And, you know, 
I believe that it'll be hard for him to convince himself that he should go out there and ball out for the Panthers. I mean, he'll 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 try and play his hardest, but it won't be for the Panthers. Like there will be certain times when he'll probably let go of the ball early, so that way he doesn't take a big hit and get possibly injured because it will affect where he goes the next season. Because for all we know, if the Panthers don't get uh, Deshaun Watson, then they they might end up trading or trying to sign a new quarterback next season from or drafting a new quarterback and Bridgewater would be on the way out the following season. So for his value, I feel like he would play hard for himself, but not for the team. And, you know, it for Deshaun Watson to go to the NFC South, which is arguably the hardest division to play in over the past 20 years, you know, I'd say it's the South, NFC South and the NFC West because those are the two divisions that have had a every team in the Super Bowl during these past 20 years. Um, you know, the Pack or the, not the Packers, the NFC West had the Carolina Panthers, Jesus Christ. The NFC West had the 49ers in the Super Bowl last year. They had the Rams in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. The Cardinals lost to the Steelers in twenty or two thousand nine, and you know the the Seahawks have been in the Super Bowl a couple times as well over these past twenty years. While the NFC South has had, you know, the Carolina Panthers go to two Super Bowls, lost them both. The Atlanta Falcons go to a Super Bowl. They lost. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have gone to two Super Bowls, won them both in the past 20 years. And then the New Orleans Saints have gone to a Super Bowl and won it. And, you know, I think it would help boost Deshaun Watson's career. So I think he would want to go to the Carolina Panthers. You know, besides playing with all these great players that the Panthers have, it would benefit him because of the fact that he's playing in a division where it is so competitive and he would be shown more on TV. You know, it would be it would be very good for both Deshaun Watson and the Carolina Panthers because it benefits both of them greatly. Add to the fact that you know, Deshaun Watson would, or the Carolina Panthers would be on TV more. And, you know, they would probably have more people, more young fans flock to that team to be their favorite team because of Deshaun Watson. On the other hand, for Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater would go to the Texans and it wouldn't probably be pretty. I would. It would really be hard to actually watch him with the Texans. You know, he, he's a guy that almost had his career ended because of a injury, and he battled back. He 
worked his way into a starting role and got a job with the Panthers. And just to see that all fall down again and him being on a horrendous team like the Texans. Sorry, Texans fans. But seeing him in that situation would be tough to watch. So, I mean, I I get why he doesn't want to leave the Panthers. Like I said, he... He doesn't want to leave, I'm sure. Well, now he might want to after he's seen all this stuff happening. But he was told he was going to be the quarterback of the Panthers. I'm sure he would love to still be the quarterback of the Panthers. But it ultimately is up to the Panthers and what they want to do with him and whether or not they want to go get Watson and trade him to the Texans. And, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see in these upcoming months what happens. That about wraps everything up for this episode of the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you again on Friday.